Yeah, about that. Hello and welcome to the Goshkia Family Pubcast for September 2013. I'm your host, Benjamin Foley. And this month we have a lot of interesting news. For those of you that joined us at PAX Prime, it was great seeing you all. Um, we had a wonderful time at uh, Beto's Irish Pub. Real great time. Real great to see everyone. Um, we'll be doing it again next year, so please plan to have that adventure ready. This month we had quite a bit of news. We're kicking off our campaign to start driving people to apply to the Extra Life 2013 event, which takes place in November. If you're interested in signing up on that, you can do so on our website, uh, goshkia.com charity. Earlier today, we did a um, family overview of how to join the family and uh, get involved in the things that we're doing. Um, it's great for you all to be able to um, attend that event and also be able to view it on YouTube later. And if you have any friends that are kind of on the fence, be sure to get them to take a look at it and sign on up. Uh, you can access all of that on our forums. Uh, there's a post posted there, all the slides, and the actual video itself. This month we added a new elder to our ranks. Uh, Jessica joined the Elder Council. We're very happy to have her. She's been um, pretty much living by the Elder's Credo since the day that she joined and has gone out of her way to help us in every way possible and it came to the point where we decided that it was more of a hindrance to not have her as an elder than it was a help. So um, we went ahead and had the vote and we made, a, made her an elder. And so far she's just taken the responsibility with flying colors and helped us out a ton. So be sure to congratulate Jessica on becoming an elder of the family. Um, we're very happy to have her here. Thank you. Later today, um, shortly after the podcast, we were going to be hosting a Gashka family photo in Guild Wars 2. So if you're interested in doing that, please be sure to attend. So on to Guild Wars 2. There's been a lot of news this month about Guild Wars 2, but first I want to cover the various things that we saw in August. Um, we saw the launch of the Clockwork Chaos, which gave us some new World v. World EXP and point adjustments. Um, it also introduced Trebuchet Mastery, my favorite. Um, it also got rid of culling in PvE, which actually makes it possible for us to capture all of our people on one screen for once in the last five years. So the last game that allowed us to do that was Warhammer Online. Um, <laughs> so it's kind of a long time running for that family photo. So we're very happy that they finally decided to get rid of that. And uh, we're going to get a lot of screenshots. So um, be sure to join us. In addition, there's the Queen's Jubilee patch, which launched August 6th. That introduced the account wallet for currency, the PvP solo queue, bonus rewards for dungeons, champion loot updates, minigame rotation system, and... 
It introduced the uh, some improvements to the effect level and detail system. It also gave us World v. World Supply Mastery, which is a very popular mastery for you just getting started in World v. World. It basically will allow you to become immune to damage for a few seconds after building something, which is really helpful in World v. World. And it introduced the permanent finishers. So, just last week, we, well, technically this week, uh, we saw the Prepared to Get Schooled uh, patch hit. And that introduced the Super Adventure Box once again. Um, I know a lot of you are having a lot of fun there. We got account-wide magic find, legendary weapon updates, and crafted ascended weapons. Um, all of which have helped spike the uh, trading post. So if you've got been holding on to a lot of resources and you don't know what to do with them, go ahead and hit up the trading post now. It's a good time to sell. In addition, we had Nalith, who became our next Gushkit commander. Um, they've been with us for a long time, and they have been doing a really wonderful job of leading people. So uh, it was long overdue that we made uh, Nalith one of the official Gashki commanders. So congratulations to Nalith. I am 100% certain you're going to do a wonderful job. In addition, we have the Great Carrying Adventure Season 2 um, launching next week. Um, that would be September 10th. And that'll be at 6 o'clock. We're going to form up in Shaymore Waypoint in Kingsdale. Um, each time that we start the adventure, we'll start there and we'll end there. Um, we will be having our weekly raffle like we used to have. It'll be able to um, give away a lot of cool prizes. We do have both 18 and 20 slot bags to give away, as well as loot from the um, Sanctum Raw um, loot vault. So if you're interested in meeting some of the community, having a great time, and walking away from every event with two gold, eight rare items, and six guild commendations, be sure to uh, attend the event. We're looking forward to having you. So now I want to open up the floor. Um, this last week we saw some news about the World v. World Seasons, um, which is coming in, in October. Um, if you would like to speak about something that you saw or something that you're interested in, please put a one in the chat channel, and I will call on you one by one. Um, if For those that don't know what World v. World Seasons is, it is a seven-week tournament mode of um, the World v. World. So you can go on and, or in the World v. World, each of the servers are going to be um, based on another, what, nine other servers are going to be in our league. So if we're in the Tier 1 currently, we're going to be in the basically the, the Tier 1 uh, World v. World season. So we'll be playing nine servers, and it's going to rotate each week so that we play each and every one of those nine servers over the seven-week course. Each time that you win, you get a certain number of points, um, which then goes towards your overall standing in the, the league. Um, the really neat thing is that they have a lot of perks that carry over from week to week. So it's not just... Um, you know, what you earn this week, but it's also what you'll earn next week and the week on. So it really gives a lot of incentive. Um, Jessica. I was wondering if there is a specific strategy that we'll be nailing down before the seasons start um, on the SOR site under World v. World so that it's not, you know, available to the public. I think that would be a better question for Endo, which 
um, isn't here right now. But uh, okay. yeah, the the SOR Hardcore World v. World guilds are going to be doing something along that line, no doubt. Um, <laughs> I typically, personally, don't meddle with their affairs. Um, we go out there, we have a good time, I make everyone feel important, and that's pretty much what we do. Thanks. There is a pretty good write-up of the World of World Seasons on the guildwars2.com. Try and pull that up real quick. So yeah, there's going to be World v. World Season achievements that will carry over the entire length of the, the thing, and you can earn them, uh, which give you bonuses. There's going to be a reset of the World Ability Points, so that you can change your... Um, you can change the way that you're spec'd each time that the season kicks over. So does anyone have anything else that's really interesting to them about the seasons and the way that it's working? I hope that they will um, give us the opportunity to reset our WBW skills. Yes, at the start of each of the World v. World seasons, um, they're planning to have it respect you so that you will basically distribute your treat trait points based on the enemies that you're fighting each week. So if you know that somebody really likes to turtle up, you might want to go with the abilities that will prevent you from dying. Um, <laughs> whereas if you have an enemy that likes the open field, you might want to invest in ballistas and arrow cards. So I think the real big thing here is that you know you aren't going to be you know stuck with 13 supply. Uh, or a team supply, as the case may be, because you invested all your points wrong. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, it, it definitely gives you a, a chance to play around with def the different builds and the different specs. I, I think it's going to be a really good thing for World v. World. Um, the other thing that they they announced at PAX while I was there was the new World v. World Battleground, which pretty much does away with the Center Lake and turns it into more of a small-scale engagement-style arena of sorts. Um, from what you can see on the live stream that they, they had, um, it, it's vastly different than what we got now. Um, I really see a lot of uh, alleyways and little alcoves that you can hide in and move through. It, I definitely think that's going to slow the Zerg down from corner to corner. I don't think it's going to be a three-minute run from edge to edge of the map. I think it'll be a lot further than that. And the fact that there are capture points that are able to be sieged up um, within there to basically get the, the little relic buff um, really kind of will, will kind of change the place where it's all being fought. So I, I think that we'll see a lot more open field fights and a lot less just turtling up and waiting for the enemy to come. So does anyone have any comments about what they've seen in the, the new photo that I posted up on our break call or of the, the live stream that I posted? Go ahead and put a one in chat now and I'll call in.
Right. Um, next up on the, the list of news is Elder Scrolls Online. I know a lot of you are waiting for this game to come out and basically chomping at the bit for any news that we've we found. Um, I'm happy to report that they did announce some things this month. The first of which um, is that there are um, looking for group the, a looking for group system for dungeons and master dungeons. And in the live stream, you can see that they have a four by six group setup, so you can have um, up to 24 people in a single dungeon. So that kind of lends to the idea of some pretty epic raids in the future. Um, I'm not sure if it's going to be all in dungeons or if they'll have 24 man content outside of the dungeons. But I know as soon as I saw that, I was pretty thrilled that they, they have that style of content in there. Um, the, the rumors on the street are that we're going to hear more about AVA in the, in the coming months. So I'm really keeping a close eye on the, the news feeds for anything that I can share with you about AVA. Um, there's also a pretty good peek inside the Fungal Grotto, um, which I posted in the CNR notes this month. Um, and that's like one of their first dungeons that they've really kind of taken you through and shown you pretty much step by step what what's inside the dungeon, how the dungeons play, how the enemies react to you. Um, really good review of, of you know what to expect when you're doing an Elder Scrolls dungeon. And then they announced the the biggest point of debate for a lot of Elder Scrolls Online fans is their $14.99 a month subscription. Um, there's been a lot of discussions discussion about free-to-play versus pay-to-play. And when I was talking with um, one of the Zenimax individuals and asking them why they finally decided on the, the pay-to-play model, um, they basically explained to me that they would rather have their their revenue be based on providing the, the users the best possible content um, to keep them playing rather than having to build gimmicks to, to pay their bills, um, rather than focusing on cash shops and... Uh, different ways to, to penny gauge uh, their, their customers. Um, pretty much the way that it was explained to me is that their finance department pretty much controls what content goes into the game. If they're doing a free-to-play game, their penny pushers are going to be pushing them to put out more content that people buy and more stuff that encourages people to buy. Because if, they don't, if you don't buy in a free-to-play game, they don't get paid. And if they don't get paid, they can't develop. So that's kind of their weakness. Now, the weakness of a pay-to-play game is that if people start going away from it, then servers dry up, and then when servers dry up, then entire you know communities will collapse on one another, and it will chain reaction itself down, which is what we see in a lot of the mainstream MMOs today, like um, Warhammer Online had that problem. Um, you know, Rift initially had that problem. We've seen it time and time again in other MMOs that you know, when, when things start collapsing, one guild pulls out, and then another guild pulls out, and then another guild, and as the server feels more and more empty, more and more people decide to quit. Um, that's kind of the, the jinx in the pay-to-play armor. Now, the neat thing about Elder Scrolls is that it's all a mega server. So um, you won't really notice that people are leaving the game because you don't really know that there's additional servers there. It's all kind of sharded off so that, you know, as population increases in a certain zone, more, more things are spun up and you move into those instances. So um, I really don't think you're going to notice it as much in Elder Scrolls Online, but I still think that that's one of the jinxes that they're going to have to fight. And they're going to have to develop content on a level that keeps people paying to play. Um, 
which you know some games have tried. Um, we we got Final Fantasy that just launched this past month that seems to be doing really well with the paid play model. We have Wildstar on the future that looks like they're going to be doing the paid play model as well. Um, there's several other games that have announced going to be pay to play, which kind of seems like a second birth of the pay to play model. Um, if you have any comments, um, please feel free to share them. I'm surprised that with Wellstar they chose the subscription model instead of going buy to play like in Guild Wars. Yes, but in talking with the Guild Wars devs, they have to put out a certain amount of cash off items, and that means that a lot of their development time is getting devoted towards things that are make you, going to make you pay to play their game. Um, Elder Scrolls has always been a very content-heavy title. I mean, ever since Arena was first released, they, they have always been content-heavy, and that's been their focus. Um, I think that's really what they're going for, and they want to make sure that they're able to provide the best possible content for the box, so that instead of you know nickel and diming you to all hell, they can provide a, a service and continuously improve upon that service. I see that point. Anyone else? Go ahead, Happy. Um, I'd heard that a few people were already in stress tests and betas. Um, is there any way, any specific way to get into a beta or stress test? Um, Nobody can actually tell you that they're in a stress test or beta. Um, that is actually part of the the NDA that they distributed is that you're not allowed to say that you're involved. But if you okay. were to want to get involved, um, I have provided means on the Goshkia site to basically sign up so that if a company like Zenimax Online says, hey, we need people, um, what do you got? I can provide them with a spreadsheet of people that are ready to go into that game. So if you go to your profile on goshkia.com and go edit profile, if you're a Sager rank or above, you'll have a testing opportunity tab. Um, in that tab, you'll be able to select from games that you would want to test. Um, you can select up to two at a time. And that's to pre prevent people from doing burnout. Um, we don't, we really, really, um, <laughs> I guess this is a whole other topic that I wanted to actually bring up, but it kind of segues right into it. Um, the biggest thing that we're finding with testing opportunities, you know, we had very early opportunities with Rift. We had very early opportunities with Guild Wars. And one of the things that we saw a lot of is we'd have like 80 people join into these tests. And by week six, we'd only have 20 people that are still playing. Uh, everyone else is like, oh, it's not for me, or oh, no, this is this is crappy, I don't want to play it. Um, when you sign up for a test as a Goshkia, you're essentially signing up for a job. You are going to test that product till the end of days, or you'll never see another test in the family again. Uh, <laughs> and it's mainly because our reputation is on the line. Um, when I vouch for somebody, you know, Goshkia vouches for somebody. And if I put 40 people that flake, on the game company, it looks really bad on our reputation, and we won't get in there again. You know, next time they'll say, "Oh, we'll go with somebody else." Um, 
And part of that is due to the burnout that people experience. When they're testing, they play it, and they have to do very repetitive tasks, like fall off this cliff a hundred times. Congratulations, you got the job of falling off a cliff a hundred times and respawning. No, it's not fun. It's boring. It's stupid, you know, but they need to find out that out of a hundred times, you fell through the floor once. Um, that's what they're wanting you to do, and that's what beta testing is all about. Um, you know, it's that one time that you fall through the floor when it's a live game, and now it's the end of the world because it's a live game, and oh my god, this game has bugs. Go figure. You know, um, before any of that polish, before Guild Wars 2 ever became playable, there was a team of alpha testers and a team of focus group players and a team of beta testers that all went through this game with fine-tooth comb and found every square inch of this map. Um, so, you know, it, it's really part of the game development process, and we as Goshki are, are given opportunities that not a lot of guilds get. Um, we get in at very, very early stages, like even the planning stages of MMOs. And that's something that not a lot of people can say, and that's because of our reputation. You know, we look out for our game developers. We do our best to make better games. If you don't like a game, we want you to tell them what, why don't you like the game? What is it? At what point in your adventure did you start losing interest? You know, was it a certain quest? Was it having to repetitively do a certain thing? Uh, what is it? Because that right there is a stop point. And to them, that's golden. If you share that stop point, they basically now know if we get rid of this point, um, their progress will continue through the game. Um, those stop points are what cause titles to die. Um, <laughs> so it's like, you know, knowing that there's a problem, like a, a pothole in the road, but not telling anyone about it. So people keep breaking their axle on it. You know, it's, you gotta tell them where these stop gaps are. Um, and that's all prior to the testing. So what we're doing is we're looking for people that are willing to play Justin Bieber online and test the crap out of it and say, you know what, he turns into a My Little Pony at this stage. And, um, you know, that's what we need. We need people that are willing to do the absolutely boring and tedious and willing to observe and report on it. Um, and those people are the people that I'll get into test way before anyone else. Um, so if you really want to test Elder Scrolls and you don't just want to play it before you buy it, um, definitely sign up on that. If you just want to play it before you buy it, um, you know, wait until it's open beta. Because in open beta, that's pretty much a marketing beta. They, they do those so that people start talking about them, they get them out on blogs, they get the media going, you know, that's all about excitement. And uh, most of the time it's just stress testing and final rounds of polish. The actual closed betas, those are all on building a game. And um, games don't, you, you don't just fart and make a game beautiful. That's not how it works. <laughs> you go through a lot of patience and tried testing. And that was under the edit character page on the uh, Yoshi no. website? It's under update profile. Okay. Good evening, everyone. So, yeah, that is a that is pretty much the big thing there. So, if you go to the homepage, log in, and you are a Sager rank or higher, you can click on Update Profile, and then go to the Testing Opportunities tab, and you can fill out that. If you don't have the rank to volunteer yet, you need to rank up. Um, the biggest reason we do that is we want you to be a proper representative of the Goshkia family when you go into these games so you're not acting like you know your last guild or any other guild of that matter. We want you to live and die and breathe Goshkia at that point.
Does anyone have any questions? Yes, um, I am in South America. Um, if I have enough rank, would I be invited to these beta testings? Because I usually don't get those because where I am located. If a game company says we need international people, um, it's based on your location. I have everyone specced by you know, we have all their contact information so they can contact them any means that they need to. We have their their age, um, you know, birthday is required so that I have all your ages, and then the location is required so that I know if they want people from the U.S., I give them a U.S. list. If they want people to um, be, you know, overseas, I can give them overseas. Wherever they want, I have a list that I can pull for. Um, so that's kind of why we're doing that. Um, Internationally for ESO, I haven't been asked yet for anything international. Um, so it, it's really a a matter of when they're ready, they're, they'll come and approach us, whether it's ESO or any of the other games that we have on that list. It's really a moment of, you know, when they're ready, they'll ask. Okay, thank you. And Gavdos asked if ESO, people were going to be playing Xbox One or PS4. Um, as part of the same mega server as PC players, the servers will be completely separate. Um, there's licensing reasons between the Xbox One playing with PC play people and who are also able to play with PS4. Each one of them wants their own custom experience and world, so those will not blend across. You won't find any MMO that does play anyone between Sony and Microsoft. Um, that's just simply simply something Sony and Microsoft will never agree to. So, And regarding the question that I know is going to pop up, if Gashika is going to be opening a branch in Elder Scrolls Online, it is still too soon to tell. And if we do, it would be on the PC slash Mac platform. It will not be on the PS4 or Xbox One. So if you are planning on getting Xbox One or PS4, um, you'll be doing your own thing for that. Any other questions? Again, I'd like to remind you about the Extra Life event coming up in November. Um, we are going to start the donation drive, trying to get your friends, family, coworkers to all help contribute to the overall success of this thing. Um, please post it up on your Facebook, your Twitter, your blogs, whatever you got, please. Um, I really want to break that 10K mark for these children that are fighting terminal illness and fighting uh, diseases that can be cured. Um, all proceeds will be going to the Children's Miracle Network. It's a, a really big event for us. Um, we will be housing uh, 24 hours of events. Um, I'll be working with all of the commanders and elders to basically have full coverage from midnight to midnight. Um, so we'll have a wide range of PvE and PvP events in Guild Wars 2. I know that some of our uh, Final Fantasy players are going to be doing little groups that play over in Final Fantasy as well. Um, you can talk to Connor Hex about that. So aside from that, I want to wish you guys all a, a great September and we'll meet again come October. Our next Gosh Family Clubcast will be on October 5th and I look forward to seeing you then.
Thank you all for coming out. Thank you, Fog. Thanks, Fog. Thank you, Fog.